So this morning I took a lovely walk around our pond with my dog. And I had the brilliant idea to wear a headset and record my insights and thoughts for a podcast episode during that walk. Well, it turned out my microphone wasn't quite working and it was r rustling up against my zipper and there was lots of background noise and I just couldn't put you all through that as a listener. However, having draft recordings is just as important as having draft documents. And it was actually a great exercise to go through to organize some of my thoughts on the topic that will be, that I'll be discussing today. And we will all, listeners, you, the team, hopefully have more discussions in the future. You may have seen news or not, but from our um, Twitter feed and actually it's not on our blog yet. Ooh, I'll put it there. We announced support and funding from an organization called the Filecoin Foundation for the Decentralized Web. Now that's a lot of big shiny words, but I assure you that this foundation is full of real people who I know who have worked in privacy and digital rights and advocacy and open source for years and who are looking to support organizations and people like those that make up Guardian Project to be able to dig into some of these emerging technologies around de the decentralized web that have, as usual with new technologies, been used for slightly more frivolous purposes. The Filecoin Foundation um, and the Filecoin Protocol was developed by Protocol Labs, who may be better known for their work on something called the Interplanetary File System. Now, clearly these folks have a penchant for big ideas and fantastic names. But again, I assure you, the tech behind all of this is very real, very useful. And it, when it comes to things built on crypto and coin and chains, um, these are the ones that I'm interested in collaborating with and on. The vision for the interplanetary file system is really to upgrade the hypertext transfer protocol, HTTP, into something that is less fragile, more resilient, and more verified. So that if you ask for a certain bundle of data, that when you get it, you can be assured that that is the, the bundle of data. And that bundle of data doesn't have to just be stored in one place, can be stored in many places and sent to you by a variety of people who might have it. And through all of that, you can trust that what you're getting is what you expect to get. It also solves the issue of dropped connections and broken downloads and allows for a highly asynchronous, 
you know, slow kind of piecemeal transfer of, of bits and pieces of those bytes, much like you might think of something like BitTorrent doing. And there's a lot of kind of shared heritage there. So that protocol and system is, you know, has nothing to do with coins or chains or, but it does use, you know, cryptography, of course, a lot, like pretty much all of our work involves cryptography of one sort or another. And on top of that, what was developed was the idea of a file coin system network protocol that uses this new way of transferring bundles of bytes around the internet to create an ecosystem for storage providers. So again, rather than having a central place like Google Drive or Dropbox, or a central you know, next cloud server or an FTP site that is in one place and vulnerable to being taken down or attacked or overloaded or overwhelmed, you create a, a grid of storage powered by a diverse heterogeneous group of suppliers who simply have to prove they can maintain storage at a certain quality for a certain time and if they do that, they can be compensated with a kind of currency. And that creates a marketplace for storage that can emerge out of the internet. And that's a very interesting idea. One, because it's not computationally intensive like other coin systems are. And so it's more environmentally sound. And second, that it creates a broader set of participants in the storage market than we have today, which provides a lot of value when it comes to uh, resilient storage, permanency of storage potentially, in concept. Now here's where we get to our work. The reason we've received this funding is to consider all of these technologies and to see how relevant and applicable and useful and compatible they are with our work in human rights, privacy, security, digital activism, humanitarian applications, all of the things we do with various communities and collaborators. To take a look at this from that lens and see how we might make it useful to everyday people with everyday problems, especially people who, you know, can't afford to buy an NFT or don't care to, or people that don't have the time in their busy, busy lives to understand the difference between federated, decentralized, and distributed. Just want to know that this video they recorded will be safe and get to the right people to help them their families, their communities, their cause. So we're really excited to have funding and support to do just that. We are focused in two areas. Under our project we uh, call DVD, <laughs> with a bit of humor, Decentralized Veracity and Distribution. 
So veracity is, you know, verification, verified storage, access, resiliency, to give people assurance about something. The other part, distribution, is access to content and application and services. Breaking that down, this work will focus on two projects of ours. One is proof mode, the other is F-Droid. So if you know those projects, you'll be seeing work coming out related to proof mode on the veracity side and F-Droid on the distribution side. I'm going to talk today about proof mode. We recently updated our proof mode web presence and now have proofmode.org. So if you want to jump in and see what it's about today, you can see it at proofmode.org. Now we haven't had a ton of funding around proof mode, pieces here and there with kind of constant support from Witness, the human rights media organization for many years. Um, but we're really proud at how persistent we've been over the years as it's evolved through different projects and names from Informacam to Camera V, now to Proof Mode. We did have a wonderful collaboration supported by the Knight Foundation around journalism a few years ago with Informacam. But I will freely admit that we kind of got in over our heads with a fully visualized end-to-end -end system for encrypted, verified cameras, servers, and visualization, and tried to build everything soup to nuts. And we shouldn't have done that. But out of those ashes emerged proof mode, which was a focused, simplified, almost invisible utility meant for your phone to sit alongside whatever camera app you wanted to use and add a layer of verification, of evidence, of trust through on-device sensors, metadata, cryptographic signing, and third-party notaries that you trust. From there, there's a method of sharing all of this through any secure channel, chat app, sharing you may already have, but we don't necessarily provide that. And I'm proud of the work we've done with Proof Mode. It's also been available as a library and integrated into apps like Save by Open Archive and Starling Capture from Starling Lab and Numbers and integrated into secure messenger apps like uh, the Keanu Engine and the Circulo app and others that will be coming out. The work we did with Witness also led to ideas that have been um, integrated with the content authenticity initiative, which, and I've talked to folks from Microsoft and Adobe, and you know, many of our ideas have percolated up into these standards. And we are a participant in this work and are excited that from many viewpoints, the need for content authentication has been identified and that it's being done in a way that's open open protocols and uh, many participants. So today we have these apps. Um, well, we have an app for Android. We have an app in development on iOS that's available as test flight. All the code is out there. We have a library for Android and a library for iOS coming. So step one is we're just going to be making these apps better. We're going to finish them. We're going to ship them. We're going to make the libraries more clear, have better sample code, and continue integrating these libraries into um, other applications as needed. 
we have our own specification and standard for this data that we'll be better documenting and building tools around for visualization and other third-party applications and, and adding more clear verification workflows for human rights organizations. And we will be, um, yeah, just building more support and use and understanding what we already have a lot of activists using and interested in these tools and now we can really support them. Now, the next step from there is to look at, um, well, how might we integrate decentralized web storage and protocols into this work? And the idea is to figure out how to persist data without needing an account on a third-party service or a third-party application and have that data persist as easily and transparently as possible through protocols like IPFS potentially, and eventually through a Filecoin storage grid. We're also free to look at any decentralized web technologies. So we've been working with the matrix protocol and software stack for a while, and that's one we're also really excited to integrate with this work. More on that in a bit. The main concern we have about protocols like IPFS and in general systems that store stuff through these grids is privacy. Right now with proof mode, you have a lot of control, all the control of choosing when to share the data with whom, how, and an understanding of what's on your device and what's leaving it when. There's various levels of metadata you can share and pieces of the data in the proof mode system you can share. And that's very empowering. If we start adding this sort of invisible mesh of storage and peers and grids, what does that mean? Who knows, you know, if, if there's a vision perhaps of with that we can add proof to every photo and video you, you take and instantly preserve that. Well, unfortunately, that would be beaconing out, signaling out to the world every time you took a photo and video. And if that data was only protected at sort of by obscurity because someone doesn't know the hash of where it's stored on IPFS, um, that's not good because all of the signals and sensor information and your identity and the key you're using could all just be accessed by anyone who speaks IPFS. It operates a bit, you know, again, like a BitTorrent where there was a lot of misunderstanding with people using BitTorrent or LimeWire, downloading things perhaps illegally that their kind of activity was so visible in that swarm. And I think there's some similar issues we have to consider here. Now, IPFS does support a private swarm mechanism that is pretty interesting. By sharing a key with a group of participants, you can control who can access uh, your connection and who can replicate your traffic and who can pin and persist your data, your bags and uh, bits and bytes. Um, and that's something we are looking at. You know, what native mechanisms in protocols like IPFS and Filecoin are there for authentication and privacy controls. We've also started to look at adding that sort of, you know, if IPF ha IPFS has something at the network layer, 
what's possible at our application layer. And proof mode already has PGP built in. Right now we generate a private and public key pair and use that for signing and as your identity within the proof mode system. We chose PGP because we want all of the data that proof mode supports to be easy to parse by standard tools that are available on most systems in the world. So we use CSV data, simple, you know, SHA-256 hashes, um, CSV data, PGP signing, right? Now we could also then use PGP to encrypt the data on top of that. And thus, anyone who wanted to access your data would need the key it's encrypted to, to do so. And everyone in proof mode has a key pair, so making people share and join each other's circles and access links is actually something we already have a lot of capability to do. We've also, through work um, from a few years ago with a time capsule encryption project that came out of uh, work by Jack Cushman and in concert with people like Jonathan Zittrin at the Harvard Legal the Library Innovation Lab, um, they were looking at using sharding of keys. And so there would be a private key needed to decrypt something that's broken up into a number of pieces. Shamir's secret sharing, there's a standard protocol for this, where you say, all right, I'm going to break this into to 10 different people or organizations across different jurisdictions. And only, um, say, two-thirds two of them would need to get together and able to decrypt this. That's the, the math part of this, is that you don't need every shard. And you could come up with a protocol that says, well, the, if someone wants to decrypt data, they would need to wait a certain time period or ask these participants to share their pieces of the key. This could be done with a circle of friends, an activist group, a variety of, of mechanisms here to enable that sort of collective action in order to access data that could be sensitive. So that's a real exciting potential as well. The other piece we've thought about then is, you know, how do we use other technologies that we're already invested in and understand that provide encryption and privacy and communication channels? Because um, another piece is, well, how do you share? How do you connect the dots between people? How do you kind of bootstrap these connections? Um, I know IPFS has some communication mechanisms related to message queuing and pub sub and libp2p and different signals for kind of broadcasting um, messages. I've also worked on ideas where you use a pinned, you know, Internet Planetary name service hash, an endpoint, and then people can subscribe to a feed of activities from that endpoint. But these seem a little not ready for prime time, but maybe we're wrong, and we'd love to understand these pieces better. But another technology that's already very much in production and stable for this sort of thing is Matrix, the Matrix protocol as well as the software stack that powers Element and the work we've done on our Keanu engine. The idea being that 
proof mode user through the app would essentially join a, a, a room, a matrix room, an encrypted, authenticated channel for sharing automated communication messages, for sharing keys and data and encryption and establishing identity, and to be able to do so in a very asynchronous, semi-connected way. And, and Matrix provides that. This could be done through a server in the cloud, such as a Synapse server. This is what's powering our work on the Circulo application today and other messaging apps. So again, we have a lot of experience here. It could also be done with a smaller footprint server, such as the new Dendrite server written in Go that is easy to build and can run pretty much anywhere from a desktop computer to your phone. We already have a Keanu mobile server that runs Dendrite in an app on Android. And so there you don't need someone to have a permanent, you know, big machine in a kind of corporate cloud. They simply need to activate their phone and have that available for people to connect to through a variety of mechanisms. Everyone could run their own microserver, and when people get together, all of those things can sync and, and share as well. So we really want to keep in the spirit of the decentralized web by not just ending up with, at some point, servers in a cloud and see how far we can get with real decentralization. So to bring it back to human terms, the idea is that we can have people capturing images and video and audio on their devices, adding extra assurance and verification and reliability around that data by creating these ecosystems within their human communities of trust for storing that data, for witnessing and notarizing that data, and to have an easy human understandable mechanism for saying, I trust this person, I share with them, or I want to give access to this data after a certain amount of time, or if something happens to me, these people can then get access to this data. And to build a user experience around that that's very reliable and, and easy to understand, and, and to build this into a library that can be added to other applications or a service that can be interacted with on a device. Beyond the proof mode app itself, we will continue our collaborations with groups like Witness as well as Open Archive um, and their app Save, which adds tools for curating collections of media, for persisting them to different uh, backend systems, and brings a kind of librarian archivist mindset around this issue. We've worked with the Starling Labs project and uh, their partner Numbers who are developing, uh, continuing to develop on these concepts and build amazing things around them with other stacks and other technologies and really taking this to a whole new level. Um, and we're excited to see where they go. In our own suite of partners and applications, and, and this is again where we really provide value, we want to 
and we'll be digging back in with our partners in various communities to talk through all of this. I mentioned Circulo, which is a safety check-in app built on Matrix, designed you know, by, for, and with women journalists in Mexico, Guatemala, and Honduras, with our partner Article 19 in their Mexico City office. And we've built a very usable, understandable, human-driven application that helps people in times of dire need when they're being physically, you know, potentially assaulted, intimidated, surveilled, when they're being faced with online threats and harassment and need a, a, a prioritized channel to reach out for help. And so, you know, we're excited to build proof mode into that kind of environment um, to turn anything they capture potentially into evidence to help them seek justice to follow through and prosecute those that may have been trying to harm them. We also have our partners in the We Clock project who've been exploring how to use data effectively for defending workers' rights to reclaim wages that were lost, to improve work conditions, all through having data as a bargaining chip. And proof mode is a key piece of that work. And we look to ex include their work in kind of the application of this data and understanding risks and threats and potential through the collaborations with a number of worker-focused organizations that we have. Lastly, we have our Haven project, which is was you know, imagined and dreamed up by Edward Snowden, Michael Lee, and other colleagues at the Freedom of the Press Foundation, and is a open source, decentralized physical security system powered by Android devices, again through their sensors, movement, sound, and camera. It addresses the primary issue of things like a ring or a nest, which turn themselves from something that's aimed to protect you into a surveillance device that stores its data in centralized cloud storage and often unencrypted and often leaking or accessible by third parties. So you're trying to protect and preserve data that might be able to protect you, but in a sense, you're harmed and exploited in another way. Again, through use of proof mode, decentralized storage, and all of the things I've discussed in this call, applications like Haven can move from being a simple utility on one device to something that is more resilient, that provides safe mechanisms for preserving media, and that give people options down the road for using this to seek justice and defend themselves. We see this whole world of applications that are focused on real benefits to real people in their daily lives, to activists and journalists, and showing how we can take these important emerging technologies and bring purpose to them and use in ways that are, I hope, I think, what the creators imagined they might be used for beyond the types of use cases, which are exciting, which are important in their own way, 
but are often distractions in our lives and you know using up essential time and mindsets for perhaps things that could be applied in other other ways around applications that we think are truly essential so we're excited to have all of the support obviously we've got a lot of work ahead but we'll start at step one can't wait to get our new updates of proof mode out and get more developers working with our libraries today so stay tuned on this podcast and check out proofmode.org for more announcements coming soon and have a happy holiday season good yule happy new year and take care